Amen, amen. I've been pondering a couple of thoughts um, ever since coming back from... I'm just moving a few things because, as you know, I need my hands to talk and I, I talk better when I'm walking. It gets my steps up and helps me catch up to my son. The other day we, we went to school, Samuel and I, we stopped for breakfast because uh, we had to drop off Nathan early for an excursion at 7.45. Who knows, that's a ridiculous time to drop off any child at school, yeah? Particularly when you have to get them up, get them ready, etc. So Samuel and I are sitting there and we've just ordered our breakfast at Maggie and Kate's and that's because they have good coffee. And um, I said to Samuel, I wonder what your steps are like. So we have a look and he's on 380. And I go, I reckon at this point of the day, I'm winning. So I check mine and I'm 422. It's probably from walking through the house. Come on, do this. Come on, do that. By the end of the day, he was like on 13 or 14,000 and I was somewhere around 4,000. 18,000, okay. <laughs> if it's not enough that you, you humiliated me legitimately, you needed to exaggerate it here now. That's great. Anyway, I've been thinking about a lot of stuff um, as I've been walking and pondering. Uh, and some of that's come because of the things that I witnessed in Zambia and South Africa. And some of that's as I've sat with the Lord, you know. He's just challenged me in different parts. And, and last week, you know, you heard the stories. You, you heard from Mick and Robin. You heard from myself. And we talked about the people that we met. You know, we talked about the children that we served. Um, and, and for those that actually inquired afterwards, just on a side note, that uh, would be interested in our hands at work, short-term mission trip, uh, by all means, go for it. Speak to Robin or Mick. Know this, you're there to serve. You're not there to bless. They're already blessed. Yeah, all right? Uh, we live in a more fortunate place and we go there to serve them and it's in that service that they're blessed and that we in turn are blessed, just so you know. So it's not a holiday. You hit the ground running. Yeah? I'm still losing weight, can't you tell? Anyway, so last week you heard about the people we met, the children we served, those that really had blown us away by just their level of thankfulness in particular. And I was just sharing some of that with a brother, and I may have mentioned it last week because he, he said a couple of times, and, I, and I, I've taken it on board, he said, look, you can't, you can't compare us with them because when you get into that, onto that continent, they are the greatest people in all the earth. What they've gone through, yet they still have this spirit of thankfulness and forgiveness. You, you, we don't measure up to that. There's something in their journey. And I, yeah, you know what? You're right. Absolutely, you're right. But, <laughs> there's a but. In all they face, the adversity that they confront, they still believe in God. They still believe that Father's good and that He's good all the time. And there's something in that core and basic belief that I think we need to somehow grab hold of for us in our everyday life, that he's a good, good father, that he's good all the time, regardless of the adversity that we face, yeah? And to be able to constantly have a thankful, grateful heart for everything that we have in the same way that they're thankful and grateful for everything they have, though in our eyes it's often what they don't have, I've just been sitting with that thought thinking this, this thing around thankfulness is really important. It's, it's really important to be thankful, like super important. You know, and last week I was sharing that there's such a thing as good pain, but you and I will only ever see that and accept that as a truth when 
when we start to look at things differently, you know, when we start to allow, as, as I shared last week, um, from that Stephen Furtick thought, to allow God to interpret what we're going through and not allow what we're going through, you know, to have that as an interpretation of what our God's like. Because we have to at all times realise that no matter what we're going through, he really is a good, good God. You know, we sang about it this morning. He, he really is good all the time. And so if we can adjust who's doing the interpreting in our lives when we're going through stuff every day, at every moment, in every circumstance, then it starts to change the way that we look at things. And maybe, maybe we can step into this thing called thankfulness if we start to allow God to interpret the stuff that we go through, realising that a lot of the stuff that we go through, you know, can be really yuck, yeah? Anyone experienced yuck in their life? Like, nobody? Oh, only five of you, man. You guys are so good. You should buy Tats Lotto ticket, you know? Like most of us, really, if we, if we look back at life, we have all these fond memories, but we have these difficult times, you know? Um, I'd imagine that there's not a couple in the house that hasn't argued somewhere in their journey you know if you have never argued that's awesome can i have the recipe i'm going to bottle it and i'm going to make millions right because most of us if we're ever in a relationship we've argued the raising of our children we've had moments at work you know some of us sometimes want to throttle the boss kill him bury him have pictured places where we can dig a hole but i know that's not you i know that's not you it's just my, my life before this one, yeah? You know, I had it all worked out. And then you watch really good, mo- really good shows on, on TV, you know? How to Kill a Person. Everyone ever watch that show that's got a title like that, you know? How to Commit a Murder, what's it called? Like you, so, yeah, and you watch it and you think, oh, what a, I haven't thought of that. That's a gr- what a great idea. You know, that person comes and knocks on your front door to sell something. I know exactly what to do. They'll never come back. In fact, they'll never leave. <laughs> How do I dig these rabbit holes? Just <laughs> anyway, if we can allow God to interpret the stuff that we go through, stuff changes. So when we are going through the struggles, when we do have those people knocking on the doors, when we are freaking out at our kids or you know, things aren't 100% with our partners, we can still be thankful. When life's falling apart, we've lost a job, had a car accident, there's been a death, there's sickness, all of that sort of stuff, we can still actually be thankful. It's, it's actually not a pipe dream. Yeah? It's not a pipe dream. It, it is something that we can grab hold of. If we can actually stop for a moment in every, in every moment and allow Father God to interpret the stuff that we go through, and in the middle of that, be able to actually have, I love, I love what Ray said this morning, be patient. As you're taking the biscuit and the juice, stop for a moment and, and put Jesus on your mind. If in those moments we can actually stop and place him on our minds and ask him, you know, Father, what are you saying to me right now? What, what is it that you're doing in my life? Is it that you want to speak to me through this stuff? If we can actually do that, I want to suggest that we can be thankful always. Absolutely always, Yeah. So here I am a couple of weeks out after coming back and I literally keep coming back to the question, am I thankful? You know, am I living a thankful life in everything that I do? You know, am I thankful, full, 
F-U-L-L, full? Am I actually thankful? Am I thankful? Or am I, you know, not? <laughs> so I actually came to the conclusion that I, there are some times that, that I'm not thankful. And if I was to compare myself to those that I, I met in South Africa and Zambia, you know, not all of them, don't, don't allow me to paint the wrong picture for you, but a majority of them, where they find themselves, have a spirit of thankfulness. You know, yes, they're in despair. Yes, life can be better. Yes, 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 yes. But they are so appreciative for anything and everything that they have, like everything that they have. We can have so much. And I think I shared last week, we've not yet learnt to be content with plenty, you know. And so anyway, I looked up what the opposite of thankful is and um, thank God for Google and um, dictionaries and thesauruses and all those things. But here's, here's the opposite. I found a list of words that I think I experience. Now you tell me if you've experienced any of these. I'm just going to keep my, put my hand up for the times that I experience any of these. So the opposite of thankful is critical, thankless, unappreciative, <laughs> ungrateful i just sorry i can't do the other one at the same time and dissatisfied anyone ever experienced any of those emotions and feelings yeah like seriously and i thought to myself oh my godzilla that's me i can be critical samuel am i ever critical the answer is never he's not going to talk you know there's such a thing as a good lie. And that would have been it, just to say, Dad, you're never critical. I'm critical often, yeah? Um, I often find myself with a lack of appreciation. Someone will do something, and I, I, I'm, I'm thankful, but I don't actually appreciate. <laughs> Tag, you know, like... I knew he should have been in kids' church this morning. <laughs> you know, I can be ungrateful at times, you know, totally ungrateful. And in life, if I'm to look deep down inside of me in a place that no one sees, and again, this just might be me, but in that place, in that secret place, when I'm left with my own thoughts and feelings, there are times where, where I'm dissatisfied with life. I'm dissatisfied with the things in my life and what's happening around me. And as much as I know that that's none of you, but if any of you are anything like me, that's just not the place and how we should be living. And nor do we have to live in that place for any period of time, not even for a second. Because if he's a good, good father, yeah, then there must be something that's good, good, better. Yeah. Like if you and I, if we were to find ourselves truly without, truly with little, yeah. If we lost everything that we have and know is normal today, would we still trust Father God? Would our love for Him still be passionate in our worship? Yeah. Uh, would we still tell all of our friends that in the midst of everything that we've just lost, would we still say to our friends, he's a good, good father? Would we be thankful? And 
And the more I think about all this, the more Papa puts on my heart our need to be thankful, just to be thankful. The more I think about all this, the more he reminds me to live in thankfulness. And I guess that's why scripture after scripture, like there's just so much. You just have to Google, you know, just Google sermon, um, sermon scriptures. That, that, that you, you get the whole Bible, sermon scriptures, thankful scriptures, you know, scriptures on thanks, something like that. Yeah, and there's a plethora of them through the Old to the New Testament on giving thanks to our God. See, at the end of the day, being and living thankful is all, all about understanding the goodness of God. And if we can't understand that He's good all the time, then we will never be thankful, yeah? But if when we understand His goodness, then we can be thankful in and every situation, at all times, all the time. Some of that needs us to have a really deep relationship with him. Some of that requires us to be super intimate with Father God, yeah? That knowing that he's good and good all the time only comes in those moments where you actually sit and you're patient, yeah? And you place him in your mind and you start to think about the things that he's done for you. And all of a sudden there's, there's something that stirs within you, this, this gratefulness, this thankfulness stirs up within us. But unless we have a relationship where we actually stop and just ponder and meditate, yeah, on the Lord, then there will often be situations when we're not thankful. And if we can't get to a place where we know that he's good all the time, how are we going to believe that, he's nev- that he never leaves us or forsakes us? What's our reaction going to be when something drastic happens in life, when it makes no sense and no one has the answer? Yeah? But when we have that deep relationship, when we know of his goodness, that he's good all the time, then and only then can we be thankful all the time. Yeah? I, I love, I should bring a scripture because this will make it true. Um, psalm 50 is a really good psalm and, and it's got some, some great truth. So let me just get my water. I need that. I need some refreshing. Oh, wow, lots of scriptures, passages. All sorts of stuff. Let's read it. Listen, my people, and I will speak. Verse 7 I'm reading from, sorry. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. Now catch this. He's speaking to his people. We are now his people, yeah? I bring no charges against you concerning your sacrifices or concerning your burnt offerings, which are ever before me. So these people are sacrificing. They're doing the burnt offerings. They're doing the right thing of the day. And he's saying they're forever before me. But I'm not bringing a charge against you because of that. And then he says, I love God because he's just God. I have no need of a bull from your stall or of goats from your pens. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on the thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would, not, would I not tell you? For the world is mine and all that is in it. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Verse 14, underline this in your Bible. Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and you will honour me. Where does his deliverance start? Sacrifice, thank offerings, right? Sacrifice, thank offerings. I love this because our Father, our good, good Father is telling us, I love what you do. I love the sacrifices you make. I love all of that stuff. But really, if we jump to the New Testament, everything's good because of my son Jesus. 
I've sent him so you can have a relationship with me. And the only thing I want from you is a thank offering. To thank me. But why, God? Why do I need to thank you? Oh, dirt, the cross. You know, Jesus. Give thank offerings. Live thankful. Even in your day of trouble, give thank offerings and I will deliver you. And in that... In living the life the way that you vowed, in giving him thank offerings, it says that in that we will honour him. Don't we all want to honour God? Like, I don't think anyone would say no, would they? Like, it's a trick question. Who, who doesn't want to honour God? Put up your hand. Awesome. Then give thank offerings, yeah? Live in the way that you vowed. And, and I love this. And it even says, because it, it says in that passage, and call on me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble, our ever-present help in times of trouble. You know what that means? It means when you and I are in trouble, we are in the presence of God. Yeah. Hear it, yeah? Hear it. He's not absent. He's your ever-present help in times of trouble. So when you're going through your stuff, whatever it is, brokenness, mind, thoughts, body, you just your life feels like it's falling apart like a Lego that you've stepped on and it's slowly, pieces are missing, yeah? He's present in that moment, in your trial and tribulation. We are in the presence of our Father when we're in the midst of our trouble. I love that. Because we automatically think the opposite. But when we're going through stuff, we are in His presence. We are no closer to God than at times that we are in trouble. Because He is there, ever-present. We can be thankful, not thankless all the time, even in our stuff. There's a story that I, I found online about a woman. Her name was Margaret. She was born Margaret. She became Marguerite Gardner. And uh, you'll love this because she became, she was born into normality, into nothingness. She became the Countess, you're going to love this, it was made for church, of Blessington. Yeah, yeah, you like that, hey? You've got to love it when God does stuff like that. He set this up back in 1789 for us to discover the Countess of Blessington. That's brilliant. So she's born in 1789. She dies in 1849. And she has a quote that's well known. She's actually an Irish author. Yeah, And she wrote back then, Happiness consists not in having much, but in being content with little. Sounds like someone that we know from, from Scripture, doesn't it? Happiness consists not in having much, but in being content with little. But let me give you a picture of her life, right? She was born into, into a normal, nothing special family. Now get this. She was sold at the age of 14 to be married because they had no money, right? So at the age of 14, she was sold to be married. Now 12 weeks later, her husband was arrested, court-martialed, and deported back to India because of violence in their marriage. So violent was the husband that she was infertile and many historians believe she was infertile because of what she suffered under his hand, right? It gets better. She then marries again, but because of financial difficulty in that marriage, her husband sells her to someone else to be married. So she then gets married again in 1816 and dies in 1846. Marguerite Gardner. And she has the audacity, or maybe the wisdom, to pen the words, happiness consists 
not in having much, but in being content with little, born with nothing, sold, beaten, no longer able to have children, sold again. Happiness consists not in having much, but in being content with little. It's similar to a story that we know, and I'm going to read it from this. This is an extract from something Billy Graham wrote, yeah? And he writes, The next footsteps in the corridor he knew might be those of the guards taking him away to his execution. His only bed was the hard, cold stone floor of the damp, cramped prison cell. Not an hour passed when he was free from the constant irritation of the chains and the pain of the iron shackles cutting into his wrists and legs. Separated from friends, unjustly accused, brutally treated, if ever a person had a right to complain, it was this man, languishing, almost forgotten in a harsh Roman prison. But instead of complaints, his lips rang with words of praise and thanksgiving. That's what Billy Graham wrote. This is what I've written. That man was Apostle Paul. And I took wisdom to work it out. I had to think for a little while. But that was the Apostle Paul. Here's a man who had learned the meaning of true thankfulness. Yeah? Even when he was in prison in Rome, he wrote in Ephesians 5, 19 and 20, Speak, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything. Yeah, giving thanks to the Father for everything, for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Think of it, always giving thanks for everything. That's good or bad. As children of God, that's what you and I are called to. That's what we're, I won't say commanded yet. Being thankful needs to be, it should be our daily daily reality that changes our life and makes us joyful, a joyful person in every situation. And, and maybe most of you are. Maybe it's just me that struggles occasionally with being critical, thankless, unappreciative, ungrateful, dissatisfied. Maybe it's just me. You and I, we can't let life circumstances and the ungratefulness that, that, that sneaks in and the thanklessness that gets into heart in our hearts. We can't. We can't. We can't. We can't. That's the stuff that kills our relationship with Papa, with Father God. And it's the stuff that kills our relationship with other people. You know, nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. And when life throws you lemons, it's really easy at times to be ungrateful. It's easy to be thankless. But Philippians 4, God just keeps showing me passage after passage after passage. Chapter 4, verse 6 of Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, so good, bad, or, or you know, indifferent, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, not without. Yeah, It's like being a giver. You need to be a cheerful giver. Don't pray. Don't petition God if it's thankless. Don't go to him and say, woe is me. I don't have and I'm... Don't do that. This is really clear. In, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, when you go before God with your prayers and petition, make sure that you go with thanksgiving. So be thankful for where you're at. Be thankful for what he's doing in your life. Be thankful for what you have. Be thankful all the time. And there, present your requests to God. And then, right, and then, 
The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we're going through some of those life circumstances, are we allowing God to interpret it and discovering what he's doing? Or are we still interpreting it as bad and therefore being ungrateful and dissatisfied with where we found ourselves? In every situation, in every situation, Colossians 3, 16 and 17, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts, not critical hearts, not thankless hearts, not unappreciative hearts, not ungrateful hearts, not dissatisfied hearts, with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of, representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God our Father. So sing the songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do, because we're representatives, because we're ambassadors, yeah, give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. These Zambians and South Africans gave thanks. And they gave thanks, and they gave thanks, and the food tasted like crud, and they gave thanks, and they gave thanks, and they gave thanks, and they played with a, a flat soccer ball on dirt, not even grass. And, they, and we're worried about, you know, the, the little, what are the little spiny things on grass that hurt your feet? What are they called? Sorry? Bindies, that's right. Yeah, well, we worry about bindies, but we've got, we got shoes on, runners on. They're, they're just playing barefoot because they just like to play and they're giving thanks and they're giving thanks and they're giving thanks. And I don't mean to compare, but if they can give thanks, then certainly, surely, if Scripture suggests, so can we, yeah? We're made to live in thankfulness. It's, it's what has us running at our best. When we're ungrateful, when we're critical, when we're all of that, it's like putting diesel into a petrol engine or petrol into a diesel engine. It's going to die. You've got to put the right thing in to get the right thing out, yeah? And thankfulness, living thankful is the right thing. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, be thankful again in some of the circumstances you face. No, in all, in all, in all, in all, Yeah? Like in all, some of you thinking right now, because I know I am, and, and you know what? Let me say this, the word of God, it cuts like a double-edged sword, yeah? Through the bone and marrow, through to your soul. The word of God should challenge you. It should challenge us. It should cut us asunder. Yeah, it should. We should sometimes read the word of God and think, oh, flipping heck. Man, oh, oh that was hard. God is good all the time, but in the same way that we're good parents, there are some, there's some advice, some words that we bring our children that are really hard for them to swallow, but it's for their best. It's in their best interest. It's no different to the Word of God, yeah? And so when we read this, be thankful in all circumstances. So think of the worst thing that's ever happened in your life. It's not a good thing, but be thankful in all circumstances. God, what are you saying to me in this? What are you teaching me in what I'm going through? Because he, he doesn't change. His character doesn't change. Yeah? What is God's will for our lives? First Thessalonians 5.18 Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. Yeah? Who belong to Christ Jesus? So, okay, you've got a circumstance. You don't like it. You can't be thankful. You don't want to, you, you know, you don't want, you're like, that's God's will for you. But you can't, it's, it needs to be if you belong to him. But I guess if you don't belong to him, you don't have to be thankful. Oh, that's a bit hard. 
But he's a good God. Oh, absolutely he is. And he takes all things, good and bad, and somehow he does his supernatural, extraordinary magic, and he works it together for good. Because his will for us is to be thankful in all circumstances. That's a tough word. I love bringing tough words with a smile on my face. The smiling assassin, yeah? But it, it, it challenges me, yeah? This challenges me too. But if we're going to be the best that we can be, then we need to grab hold of these words. Because this, when people will discover Jesus in your life, is when you're living like him. Yeah, when you're doing the things that he's asked you to do. I love it. It's, it's a tough word, but geez, it's a good word. Mark 7.15, it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. So what comes from your heart? Is it critical? Is it thankless? Is it unappreciative? Is it ungrateful? Is it dissatisfied? Or is it thankful? What comes from your heart? Luke 6.45 A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What are you full of? What are we full of? The Bible tells us to guard our hearts. It's not telling us to keep things out. It's to understand what he's placed in there. The love that he has for us. We sang it this morning. Yeah, we sang about his goodness and what he's poured into, and we need to guard that. And so when we're going through circumstances, God, how are you interpreting this? Because I need to see it from your perspective, because from mine, this is a shambles, and I'm struggling. I need to hear from you. I need to know what you're saying. What flows from our heart? Is it thankful to Papa in all and every situation, or are we dissatisfied? You know, from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, we're commanded to be thankful. In fact, for me, thankfulness is the natural overflow, the natural outflowing of a heart that is tuned to God. It, it's, it's the natural outpouring of someone who's in deep, deep, intimate relationship with their father. Yeah? That's why when Paul was going through all of that stuff, you've got to remember, he'd been shipwrecked. You know, the guy was stoned, chased. He didn't have an easy go down to Macca's, grab a Happy Meal life. Yeah? Yeah, like he just didn't have that. Like think about it. You jump on a bus to go to work or school and all of a sudden the bus starts shaking so everyone goes, oh, it must be you and I just throw you out the door while the bus is moving. That wouldn't be very nice, would it? Yet in all of that, he's still thankful. Absolutely thankful. You know, the psalmist declares in Psalm 147, 7, Sing out your thanks to the Lord. Sing praises to our God with a harp. A, a, a spirit of thankfulness is always the mark, always the mark of a joyous Christian. This is, this is for each and every one of us. Yeah? And it's not me speaking to you. This is me speaking to us, including me. Yeah? The spirit of thankfulness is always the mark of a joyous Christian. The Bible says the joy of the Lord will be our strength. Last week we touched on that. You know, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. What was, it, what was the joy that was set before him? It was his relationship with, with us. So now, in that relationship, so if his joy is a relationship with us, then if the joy of the Lord is our strength, the joy that gives us strength is knowing that we're in relationship with him. Yeah? 
And knowing that we're in relationship with him, we know that he's a good, good father and we can give thanks all the time. Yeah? Not being able to give thanks would suggest that we don't yet understand that he's a good, good father and just how much he sacrificed for us. See, if we look hard enough, deep enough and long enough, I think all of us in the room, regardless of whether we've been Christians for five seconds, whether we're on the journey, only just beginning, whether we've been around for and have been around the block 27 times, whatever it might be, the truth is if we look deep enough and hard enough and long enough, we will find that Papa has blessed us in our life. You'll find it. You'll always find what you're looking for, yeah? You'll always find what you're looking for. And if you look hard enough, you'll find things to be thankful for. You know, I said earlier that nothing turns us bitter and selfish and into dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. So let me add now, nothing will do more to restore contentment and and the joy of our salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness when we can be thankful all the time. We can thank him for so much. We, We can thank him for... We can actually thank him for the material blessings that we have. You know... Each and every one of us has different stuff. Some, some have less, some have more. Yeah? But we can thank him for the things that we have. If they're able to do it in South Africa and Zambia, if they're able to do it in countries like India, if they can do it in those places, then yes, we can do it here. We can be thankful. Yeah. Let's learn to be thankful for what we do have. We can thank him for the people in our lives, those that are around us. I know, I know some of you are struggling. You're thinking the person next to you, oh my goodness, do I have to thank God for him? Yes, you do. I'm sorry that you're married to them. No, sorry, keep moving. Yeah. That means each and every person that's around us, that's in our lives, our family, our friends, our workmates. Peter, Peter said really well when he was with us a few, uh, a few weeks ago, he said we're all made in, in the image of God, the imago uh, Deo. Day. I can't even pronounce it because I'm Italian, half Australian, and certainly not whatever language that was in. Um, probably Latin. But the point is that we're all made in the image of God. So we can give thanks for the people in our lives. It's so easy to take people for granted. So easy to take people for granted. We need to be able to give thanks for our, our, really our spouses, our children, our grandchildren, our relos, our church family. Each and every one of us should be able to give thanks for each and every one of us. Yeah, we're the ones that shoulder the burdens together. Well, that's at least how it should be. We're praying for one another. We're on this journey together of discovering the, the wonders that is our God. You know, Acts twenty-eight fifteen. I love this little passage of scripture. It says, "Brothers and sisters, there had heard that we were coming, and they travelled as far as the the forum of Appius and the three taverns to meet us." At the sight of these people, Paul thanked God and was encouraged. So Paul thanked God and was encouraged, you ready for it? For a people he'd never met before. For a people he'd never met before. Because they're people that were created in the image of God and so he was thanking God for them. We can thank God for the presence and the power that's in our life. We have the spirit of the living God within us, yeah? The very power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside you and me. Well, that's insane. What a thought. So when we pray for people, yes, we see them healed. And yes, we don't, yeah? Because it's never us. But because of what lives within us, we can step out in faith and allow God to do what he does. Now, we've got the power of the living God living with us. We can thank him for that, can't we? We're never separated from Father because he's made his home in us and we, in, you know, you and I in him. We can thank God in the midst of trials and every persecution because he's our ever-present help. 
We can thank God especially for our salvation, yeah, through Jesus. That he's given us the greatest gift ever, ever. No matter what you've got, it's greater than any Xbox, greater than any new car, greater than any new husband or wife, yeah, greater than your newest born child. Yeah? He's greater. You've got to hear me. He's greater. It's the greatest gift you will ever receive. That's why it's written in 2 Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. You'll never get a better gift than Jesus. Never, ever, 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 ever. So great that it actually gives you the passport visa already stamped into heaven. Yeah? I like that gift. I'd hate to have a passport that doesn't have his stamp on it. Sorry, refused entry. Really? Well, we wanted you to come, but you actually never lined up to get the stamp. And so we can't let you in. Dang it, they didn't tell me. Oh, actually, let me just play the video. Yes, they did. You know, like... How can we not be thankful always for Jesus? Yeah? I wrote in the Logos, we are saved, we're redeemed, we're restored, we're healed, we're adopted, we're justified, we're sanctified. You and I have been made whole from the inside out. Our eternity is assured. Papa's plan and purpose for our lives is good, yeah? And we are children of God. That's our title. That's awesome. Imagine having a title. You give your card to someone, you know, Ben Reeve. I have no idea what the job description would be. And then it would say, child of God. You know, and it would the phone number would be seven 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 seven. Yeah? Child of God. That's my identity. People walk into my office, they don't see my name on a plate, they see child of God. It's my title. And I should be carrying it proudly as a badge. You all are children of God. I mean that is enough to be thankful for, amen. That's even a better reason than to be thankful for good coffee. Do you understand that this is even a greater gift than coffee? And we'll need to make sure we edit this out of the message, right? So, like, it's better than that. It's better than the greatest thing you could ever imagine. It's Jesus. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. John 10.10, the the thief comes to only steal and kill and destroy, but he's come that we might live life and have it abundantly. Here's a question for us. What will it take for us to live abundant life that Jesus promises? Will it be? Will, are we going to find it because we're living with abundance? Or are we going to find it because we're living with thankfulness? You know, I added this to my sermon this morning, this next part, and I'll, I'll get you to stand if that's all right. And can I have you guys up if that's all right? I had to throw this in this morning because thankfulness, though it's his will for us, Thankfulness can be really hard depending on what we're going through, what we're experiencing and where we find ourselves at. You may not like this. I love this, yeah? Now, the word passion. Actually, before I even go there, the scripture from Psalm 50 talked about giving a thanks offering, yeah? Sacrifice, thanks offering. Sacrifice, thanks offering. Now, I don't know about any of you, but a sacrifice requires a death. It requires some pain. Yeah? Sacrifice requires death. 
It requires some pain. It doesn't come easy. Now, he tells us that thankfulness is his will for our life. We know from the Old Testament that we need to give a sacrifice. It's going to cost us something. A sacrifice, thank offering to God, yeah? Now, the word passion comes from the Old French and actually, ultimately, it comes from the medieval Latin and it's the word passus, P-A-S-S-U-S, yeah? It means, the word passion, when you break it down to passus, actually means to suffer. So passion is what a person's willing to suffer for. Sacrifice requires some suffering. Sacrifice requires some pain. To be thankful requires some passion. And some passion that may cost you something. Because it's a sacrifice. And there's a suffering in it when we're thanking him for stuff that just doesn't make sense. Yeah? But where we stand right now, why don't we all close our eyes just for a moment. I'm asking you to close your eyes. So a little bit like Ray this morning, you can picture God, however you picture him. Picture him on his throne. Picture yourself sitting in his lap. Picture him. Sit with him for a moment. And so as you're picturing that, I want you now just to have a conversation with him in your mind's eye, yeah? On, your, on the blank canvas yeah, of your imagination. I want you to have a conversation with him and I, I want you to ask him to start reminding you of everything that you can be thankful for. Whether you're seeing yourself scribbling it, whether you see it as a list of bullet points, that's entirely up to you. But just ask him, Lord, what? Help me remember the things that I can be thankful. Help me to see the things that I can be thankful for. And for some of you that have gone through really some tough times, some of you may find yourself in that right now. As you remember some of those struggles and those trials and tribulations, I just want you now... For some of you, you're revisiting, yeah? I want you to ask Father God, Papa God, the God that is good all the time, the God that wants us to have a spirit of thankfulness. That's his will for our lives. I want you now to ask him, Lord, in those times that I've not yet understood, that I struggled with, that I've half forgotten, in that, in that moment back then, what, Lord, what was it that you were saying? What have you taught me since then? What is it that I can be thankful for? So that when I speak with you, God, I come not with a critical spirit, not being ungrateful, not being unappreciative, not being dissatisfied, but that I might come to you with a heart full of thanks. Because it's all those things together, every single one of them that he somehow because he's God supernaturally works them together for good yeah for good not for average for good so I want to pray I want to pray that we'll be a people that allows God to interpret 
what's happening in our lives. I want to pray that, that we're a people that know and trust that he's a good, good father all of the time. I want to pray that we can live in the truth that he is always with us, our ever-present help, that he'll never forsake us. I want to pray that you and I would be such a people of thanks that when we encounter those in our spheres of influence, in our circles, that they would question how we could be thankful with where we found ourselves, how we could be thankful with what we've been through, how we could still worship and exalt a God, yeah, when we've been through some things that make no sense at all. Because that's where he wants us to live, amen? So let's sing. That's a good song to sing. How great is our God, yeah? Because he's the name above all names.